What's up, everybody? My name is Clay Smeltzer, and this is the Purpose Infused Men's Podcast, bringing men together to help rebuild masculinity with heart and purpose. Today, I'm excited, so let's get this show on the road. What's up, everybody? Hey, today is a special day, man. It is an awesome day because it is the day that I came to be on this earth. And uh, today's my birthday, and uh, this episode is all about turning 40, man. And uh, it's really about another decade uh, being gone of my life. So another decade has passed, and uh, I am into my 40s, and now I am in that officially old, as everybody has been saying uh, today as we went through. So, uh, But uh, again, for me, man, you know, lots of times the age thing is a problem for people, but uh, for me, it's just a number, man. It's a, the, the number doesn't tell me how I feel. And uh, I'll tell you this is I've done the work over the past year to really get kind of really the best shape of my life. Um, you know, even if my in my athletic days back in the day, maybe there was a little bit more cardio better. Um, but really, I'm in the best shape of my life mentally. I'm in the best shape. A great marriage, great family. Um, things things are good, man. Things are good because I've worked my ass off to get to that. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is when you look at a 10 year span and a decade of your life. There's a lot of shit that can happen, man. There's a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. And, you know, just like every day when you wake up, you know, you may wake up and stub your toe on your bed and go into the bathroom, try to brush your teeth and you're out of toothpaste or you got to wipe your ass and there's no toilet paper. And you're like, dude, this sucks. Like, what the hell? And the rest of the day, you just start seeing all this bad. And you can do that with a decade, too, you know. But uh, when you look at all the things that happened in that day, either you chalk it up to a bad day or you chalk it up to a bad decade or a bad year you know, just like it's a new year in 2020, you could chalk 2020 up to be a bad year. But when you really look at it, there's literally millions and millions of things uh, in that year, last year, 2020, or wow, that was a long year, 2020, that uh, happened that were great, that were good. And uh, we got to make sure that we're paying attention and focusing on that too, not just on all the negative, not just on all the whining or the complaining or the excuse making or all the other stuff is just taking ownership, complete ownership of your life. Uh, I've always heard that there are two days when you're born. One was 40 years ago I was born, but then the second you, the second time you were born is when you take complete ownership of everything in your life. And uh, I've done that uh, about, but I'm 40 now, so at 36 years old, so four years ago, I took complete ownership of my life, and I stopped making excuses, I stopped lying to myself, I stopped lying to everybody else, and uh, I just owned my shit. I love my story. And I decide to live with purpose every single day. And uh, that's really what I want for you as well. So I'm just going to recap, man, the last 10 years because it's crazy. You know, when you think about a 10-year period, 10 years from now, what your, what's your life going to be? You know, where's it going to be at? What are you going to be doing? Who are you going to be with? What are you going to – I never would have thought I'd been at the position I am right now. I never thought I'd be sitting in front of a mic right here uh, talking to you all, uh, having people listen to me all over the country, all over the world. I never had I never thought I would uh, be helping and coaching men, um, you know, and doing what we're doing and, and building brotherhood groups, uh, you know, all across the country right now. And we're going to go all across the world. And, you know, I just never thought about that. And uh, it just wasn't something on my radar. It wasn't something that uh, I thought I was set out to do. Um, it wasn't something that when I grew up and I was a kid thinking about, man, what am I going to be in my life? It wasn't about podcasting or building men's groups. It was about playing baseball. But uh, then as I got older and I went through life and things happened, and, and a lot of things happened in my 30s, um, a lot of things, a lot of big things, big changing moments happened in my 30s 
you know, started to realize that a lot of the things that I really wanted out of life were actually uh, revolving through me and shining through me already. But I didn't, never did the work to reveal that until my 30s, until I was 30, 35 to 36, and we'll get into that. But here's what I really want to run through. I just want to let you know what happened you know, in my 30s because I believe if I went through it, uh, man, anybody can go through it, you know, because lots of times, you know, there's the, the shit fields come and the shit storms come and uh, life's going to keep coming at you. It ain't going to stop. It doesn't give a shit what your feelings are. It doesn't give a shit what your 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 status is. It doesn't care how cool you are, how not cool you are. It doesn't have, give it what your health is. It doesn't give it what your finances are. It just doesn't give a shit about where you're at in life because it's going to keep coming at you and you're either going to face it head on and take it on. Or uh, you're going to roll over and cower. And there's times that I took it head on, but there's also times that I rolled over and tucked my tail between my legs and stood in the corner and cried. And uh, I can admit both of those. And uh, I take complete ownership of it. Again, two times that you were born in your life is the one that you were born and the day that you took complete ownership of your life. And that's the day, again, that uh, I stopped lying and stopped faking my life uh, for faking my way through life and trying to be somebody else for other people. I just started to be me. And uh, so let me run through some of the stuff, you know, I went through uh, during, during my 30s, you know, at, at 30 years old, at the start of it, I, was, I just freshly was married again for the second time, um, you know, and that marriage, you know, I, I, we had my son out of that uh, at 31. And then uh, right after my son was born, I got divorced. And, uh, you know, that marriage there, I, I married uh, to find validation from a woman, about who I was as a man, as a father, and as a husband, and that came from the pain and the shame that I felt from my first divorce. And, um, you know, so I married somebody and, and gave that commitment to somebody to validate who I was as a man. And, um, yeah, it, it obviously it didn't end well. Um, and uh, But uh, I'm very grateful to get my son out of that. But I was divorced for a second time in my early 30s. You know, after that, we ran through the custody battles as a father, you know, going into the court system. Uh, if you are a father yourself or you're somebody out there that's fighting, you know, for custody of your kids and child support, you know, um, the court system in the United States, and I live in Pennsylvania, the court system in Pennsylvania um, does not um, work in a manner of which is best for both parties. Uh, it's really, really one-sided, and that's a, that's, a, that's a very big concern for a lot of people, a lot of men in this country. And why I believe we have a lot of kids that don't have fathers is because it's easier just to give up than it is. I mean, that battle was long. It was hard and it cost a lot of money, a lot of money I didn't have because at that same time, you know, I was paying child support for two kids to two separate women or two separate marriages. And I was paying almost $2,000 in child support, which left me with $972 a month, which means I was working two jobs. I was finishing my master's program to jump up in the pay scale and in uh, my teaching job. And, uh, you know, I was barely making things, you know, scratch by. And, uh, you know, there was times in there too, where, you know, I was staring down uh, bankruptcy and talking to a bankruptcy lawyer about how, you know, that option being the best option for me, um, because of all the things that, uh, that were going on at that point in time, you know, it's, it's looking at a whole bunch of different other things that went on and, how can you find money to just put, uh, you know, food on your, your food for your kids when you had them, you know? Um, and again, it was looking also fighting for my rights as a, as a dad, as a father to have 50, 50 custody, 
you know, and I had to fight for that. You know, I'm a good person. I'm a good dad. I'm a good man. I was a good husband. And, um, you know, I had to fight for the rights to have my kids 50% of the time. And, um, you know, that's something that's tough. And so not only emotionally was it, um, I was in survival mode, but financially I was in survival mode. You know, just every day was waking up, just getting one more day by, just get one more day by. And, uh, even though, you know, there I remember getting my my rent, not my rent letter, but yeah, it was my rent letter that the the, the rent was going to increase over $1,000. And I'm like, man, I, I can't pay what I have now. And just sitting there going, what the hell am I going to do? You know, I remember sitting at the table there and, and, and shedding some tears over that because I just didn't, wasn't sure what was going to happen, you know. And uh, luckily during that same time, you know, I was building myself back up mentally, um, physically, uh, emotionally, and uh, I, I met a woman that uh, just uh, came in and, and loved me for me. And as a man who's been divorced twice, uh, a man who uh, felt shame and hurt and felt worthless, uh, as a man, as a husband, as a father from my first divorce, and uh, then also at times, you know, just belittled and worthless in my second marriage. Um, you know, and trying to really looking back and trying to find validation from a woman is, is just looking at that part of my life. You know, there's a lot of emotional stuff I had to build. And um, and all I wanted from either of my two failed marriages, I just wanted that person to love me for me. And I wanted that person to love me the way I love them back. And uh, obviously that didn't happen because it didn't work out. But I found somebody that did do that. And uh, the cool thing about my wife now is, you know, we, we are 100-100. It's not 50-50. It's 100-100. And, uh, you know, she can take care of her own shit. I can take care of my own shit. But together, we get shit done. And uh, I think that's one of the biggest and most enjoyable thing about my marriage and the difference between the other ones is I found somebody that loved me for me. You know, and loved me for the man I am. Um, you know, my good my and my bad. You know, because, you know, listen, it ain't all good here. And uh, so there's lots of things. I'm not perfect, never will be, never will say I am. Um, and I can admit that I do a lot of shit that's wrong. So, but I found, uh, I found her. We started dating. Um, and then uh, a little bit later, you know, I said three words to her. She said three words back to me that as somebody who's divorced and then uh, looking to find a relationship, I said, I love you. And uh, that was hard. That was scary as hell uh, because it's putting your heart out there again knowing that it may be ripped out. And um, it's a chance you got to take. I'm a hopeless romantic man, and I, I just, I, you know, I went for it. You know, after that, you know, uh, we moved in together, uh, and it was a time that she, man, she she went to bat for me. And uh, I super appreciate her being able to do that in the financial situation I was in, you know, fighting custody and all that kind of stuff, and just lawyer fee after lawyer fee, crazy. Um, but after that, you know, we got in a position financially that we were able to buy a car, um, then we got in a financial position and we were able to buy a house. I never thought I was going to own a house again. So bought a nice house, um, in that time as well, you know, published a book, uh, also in that time, uh, you know, we got married in that time. We built a beautiful family. And, and the one thing I love about our family is if we go out or you see us or we meet you, you, you would have no clue that we're not all blood. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about it is that, you know, we, we, we're a family, we're a unit. And uh, family means everything. And uh, we make sure that our family knows that. So we built that family. But And here's here's the kicker, man, is, is 
all the time that in my beginning part of my 30s, it was like I was living in survival. And I, will, and I felt like, man, I was just thriving in that survival mode, just going, 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 doing, 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 doing. And then all things sudden, things turned. You know, custody got taken care of, child support got taken care of. You know, I wasn't in that financial stress anymore. I was able to provide, you know, those things. And then life was good. Life was going good. You know, job was going good. Uh, relationship was going good. We're getting married. We got a house. Our kids are great. You know, we look at it all, and then all of a sudden, I'm sitting on my couch over here, and I have a full-blown panic attack over a TV show at the age of 35. So halfway through my 30s, I'm having a midlife crisis. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to call it, because it really was. You know, it was a crisis of identity. You know, a long time ago, I broke my thumb in three places playing college baseball, and my dream was, my dream was gone to make the major leagues. And uh, ever since then, I realized I never really knew who Clay Smeltzer was. You know, and I got to 35 years old, and I'm looking at myself in the mirror going, what the fuck is going on? You know, I'm having a panic attack over a damn TV show. And the shame and the guilt and the, the things that sit with you there and just feeling like, you know what? Like, how can I be here for my family? Like, I, I'm getting married. I'm going to provide and protect for my family and my wife, and I can't even provide and protect for myself. You know, what the hell kind of man am I? You know, and just all that shame. And I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to talk. I just kind of tucked my tail between my legs and allowed anxiety to take over my life. Uh, for about a month there, I just, it, I couldn't shut it off. It just wouldn't stop. And I finally just talked. I finally told my wife and, about what was going on. And she said, I'm here for you. I don't know really what to do for you, but, I, but I'm here for you. And I wish I would have talked sooner. I wish I would have had the guts and uh, didn't continue to keep running that shame cycle of feeling wor or worthless or less than. And I would have said something to her because in that moment, I'm like, well, shit, I should have said something way sooner than this. But uh, I did it. And uh, that's part of my story. And that's part of the story that I own. And uh, it took me a long time to be able to say that. But after that, I started to do the work. You know, I got in there and uh, I started to attack the things what um, I call the shadow. You know, and, and, and anxiety was filling me up every single day, but I did the work to attack my shadow and not attack it. And, and what I was trying to do originally was trying to kick it out and I tried to get rid of it. But the problem is, is my shadow is always there. It's always going to be there and it's a part of me. So what I did is I didn't embrace it. I, well, actually, I embraced it. I didn't allow it to control me anymore. And uh, those things I realized, just like anxiety, you know, anxiety, fear, anger, shame, all those different things that I had to go into my shadow and deal with, all the shit I didn't want to deal mm -hmm. with, all the stuff that hurt, all the stuff that created pain, all those open wounds were just festering, and I had to clean them out and close them up. And uh, that's the work I did, and it sucked. I'm going to tell you right now, it royally fucking sucked. So you look in the mirror and, and, and know you love yourself, but know there's so many wounds that need to be, so many so many wounds that need to be cleaned and and. and and, and um, healed was tough, but I did the work and uh, I continued to do the work. And then uh, I really wanted to get to the point where I, I was excited about life because I wasn't there yet. I was, on a, I, was, uh, I was on the edge of that. I was, I was looking at the top of the mountain going, man, there's the peak, there's the peak, there's the peak. And I could see. So I pushed more and uh, I dug more. I went into reading. I went into getting around, you know, people, listening to people, listening to podcasts, listening to this, you know, going on social media, finding out and digging deeper than I've dug before. 
And in that and reflection and assessment of my life, reflection of my life, and in my adjustments of my life, I was able to reveal my purpose. And that is to own myself, to love my story, and to live with purpose every single day and help other people do that. That is my purpose. That's why I'm here on this earth. That's what I do every single day. That's why I do what I do right here. That's why I do what I do with my wife, my kids, my family, my work, my career, my speaking, my all of that, my coaching. That's what I do. And that's my purpose. And and I revealed that at 36 years old. So four years ago, I revealed my purpose and I've been working on infusing my purpose into every single thing that I do in my life. It has not been the easiest road. I have screwed up many times. I have done a lot of wrong things, but I've assessed, I've reflected, and I've adjusted all along the way. Then after that, I started sharing my story. And in that sharing of my story, I had a gentleman come along and say, "Can can I, I see the growth in you? Can you help me?" And from that birth, purpose infused coaching. You know, at 38 years old, I had the idea in my head, uh, and I went with it. I was like, "Shit, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what it's going to lead to, but I know it's going to help people out. And if what I went through is going to help people out, then I got to share my story." And I think that's a lot of you out there too, is you've been through a lot of shit in your life. It doesn't have to be like this grandiose thing. I don't think anything that I've gone through in my life has been this grandiose thing and and whatnot. It's just been, you know, the shit that I've gone through and it's my story. But if I don't share my story, I don't have the opportunity to help other men or other people or other women. I don't have an opportunity to help the next generation think differently and be better. I don't have that opportunity if I don't share. So I started sharing my story and, and I created purpose infused coaching. And at first it was just looking at, you know, one on one and I'll run some groups and it'll be pretty cool, you know. But then all of a sudden the ideas started to flow and I started helping guys one on one. And then what came from that is the opportunity to create groups of men all around the country, all around the world that come together every single week that bond and build together. And that's where the brotherhood was formed. And, uh, man, I'm going to tell you what right now is if you're looking for a a group, because, listen, every man wants to be a part of a tribe, and you will find no better tribe than the Brotherhood. I'm telling you that right now. And, and yeah, I may be biased because it's it's my baby. It's what I created. It's what I thought. But you know what? The Brotherhood isn't just mine, and I built it that way because the Brotherhood is not only mine. It's every brother that's in there. It's ours, and we're together. You know, we can go in there. It's a place that you can share, man. And you can just be you. I don't want you to be anybody else. Nobody, nobody, no brother wants you to be anything else but you. And that's what we're going to fight for for you. We're going to fight for you to be exactly who you are and the man that you were meant to be and that you want to be. And that's how we expect you to show up. And we share and we build and we bond. And, and, and man, I, I had no idea that what has come of the brotherhood and the discussions that we have had and the depth at which we have gone and the way that we have helped men grow themselves so that they can expand out to everybody else around them. You have no idea, or sorry, not you. I had no idea that's what this would be. That's that what would be created. And I am just excited to continue that. And again, on with that, you know, we got the website, we got the Facebook group that's grown. We got the podcast now that's here you know, there's I, I've done also, you know, speaking engagements. I've done um, educational training as in, as a teacher myself. I've done some educational leadership training, 
you know, for professional developments, man. And it's just crazy. It's incredible to think when I was at 30 years old, what it would be, what life would be like at 40. And it wasn't even fucking close to what I thought. You always talk about the crystal ball. We have this crystal ball, what we think our life is going to be. And that crystal ball is never right, man. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's never, ever right. Your life, when you get to that point in your life that you're thinking about your crystal ball and that vision out in front, your life will either be worse than what you thought or better than what you thought. It will never be exact. But what I have found out in my life is that if I go do the work and I be exactly who I am and I be the man that I say I'm going to be, And what I say is what I do, and what you see and hear and feel is what you get. If I do that, and I stay true to myself, and I look at that man in the mirror every single day, and I say I love you, and I just be truthful to that man right there, I fill my cup up, I let that cup overflow, and I allow it to myself to expand up to every single person around me, whether you're next to me, shoulder to shoulder, shield to shield, or whether you're somebody who I just met, or whether you're family, or whether you're anybody else, my cup is overflowing. I have done the work to do that and to expand out, and that is what I'm here to do. Today, you know, the joke when you turn 40 is, you know, oh, yeah, man, you're in the old category now. Hey, man, I take that badge of honor. And if that gives me wisdom or gives me the credibility to have the wisdom, then I'm going to share that wisdom. But listen, here's the big thing, guys. I'm 40 years old now, and I'm grateful for the life that I have lived. I own every single thing that I did from the time I was born till now. Because you know what? It was my life. And it was my choice. I could sit here and look back at the 30s and say, oh, man, there was a bunch of shit there. And I can make excuses and I can blame other people. But you know what? The reason why a lot of those things happened because it was what I chose to do and who I chose to be with. That's why some of those things have happened. So I got to take ownership of that. That's my fault. That's my doing. That's my choice. So at 40 years old, I am super excited to sit here and say, I own my shit. All the good, all the bad. I'm also excited to sit here and say that I love my story. And it gave me great joy just now to really run through my story and share that with you. And there's more details to it and stuff like that. And I'm not showing it, I'm not sharing it to boost my ego and all that. And I don't like, I don't, it doesn't matter. What I'm here to do is I'm here to share and let you know that I love my story. I'm proud of my story. There are times that it sucks, but you know what? I work my ass off to get to be in the mental space, to have the family that I have, to have what I have right now. And I'm going to continue to work my ass off to get what I want. And I'm not scared to sit here and say that I'm going to fucking win. That's what I'm going to do because I love my story and I'm going to be the one who writes my story. Nobody else is going to write my story. You're you listening. You're not writing my story. You don't get to. I do. And I don't get to write your story. There may be some influence from me, and there may be some influence from you that helps me to think and helps me to change, but ultimately, my story's mine, and I chose it. Again, ultimate responsibility is mine for my life. And the last thing, as I'm sitting here, 40 years old, I'm extremely excited for this next decade, this next year, 
2020 was a great fucking year. There was some weird shit happen. It was a great year. I'm excited for 2021 because every single day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to live with purpose. I'll tell you right now, guys, you might not get another day. And you might not wake up tomorrow. You might not like hearing that, but that's the damn truth. You get in your car every single day and you drive somewhere, you're doing the most dangerous thing on earth. You might not make it back. And I understand that reality. And I've come to terms with it and death used to scare me, but it doesn't scare me anymore because at the end of the day, I'm going to leave it all in the field. My dad is one of my heroes. And that's what he taught us as, as a co high school football and baseball coach. He's always sat there and said, when you step across this line, you better be ready to give it and leave it all in the field. Because if not, you just better go home. And every single day before my feet hit that floor, I think about my dad and what he said to us as we sat on the field. And I use that as my motivation every single day to go out and leave it on the field. Because I don't know if I'm going to have tomorrow. And if I don't get tomorrow or I don't get 10 minutes from now, I'm going to make sure that I leave it all in the field. And I want you to do that with your life. I want you to be the man that you want to be. I want you to live as you, nobody else. I don't want you to live what society told you you should be, what your parents told you to be, what your wife tells you, your kids tell you, your job tells you. I don't want you to be, I want you to be unequivocally you. The badass man that you knew you can always be. That doesn't mean being a dick to everybody. That doesn't mean being that macho man. That means you just being you, whatever that is. And the masculinity, you define that. Your purpose, you define that for you. Nobody else gets to tell you who you are. Nobody else gets to write your story. Only you do. Guys, I'm going to say thank you to every single person that has supported me so far, every single person that will come along and listen to this and support me after. And guys, we are here to bring men together all around this world to create or not create, rebuild masculinity with heart, with purpose to help good men do great shit all around this world. Blossom where you're planted and live a purposeful life. Gentlemen, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Go out and kick ass every single day. See you guys.